Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of What's Your Fantasy Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm one of your co-co-hosts, MJ, who are you with the fun train? What's going on, guys? And my boy, Shadow. What's up? Um, we got another great week of fantasy football recaps for you and projections for the upcoming week. But we're starting out with our icebreaker, which is what has been the most memorable costume for us ever? Uh, for me personally, it's when I went as Ash Ketchum one year for Singers. Um, and I made a homemade belt that had homemade Pokeballs with it. I could attach to them and everything. And I broke some t-shirts down, sewed them together to make my shirt. And it was, it, I put all my effort into that costume and it was awesome. You uh, looked fantastic. Hey, thanks, Steve. How about yourself, man? For me, I, I forget if it was the same year as your Ash Ketchum, but I was the Black Power Ranger one year. Oh my gosh, uh, yes. And went, went all in, had some tights. My mom helped me with painting a red Power Ranger mask black since they didn't have black. So had a really legit mask. And uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a lot of fun. I think I think I wore black Converse's. So had the all black going, had the legit mask and uh, loved it. Go, go Power Rangers. Did you hit the pose too? I, I'm sure I did at one point. <laughs> I can't remember. It's been... Wow, like maybe a decade at this point. Yeah, I know. Wild to think about. Uh huh. Yep. Uh, Let it sink in. Love that one, Scott. What was yours? Uh, I have one that's my favorite. A couple of honorable mentions. Uh, I like that you guys picked from singers though, because while we were all in singers, we had uh, somebody assign us costumes every year, and we would go as groups. and And I wanted to say that the best Halloween costumes out there are when you are in a couple or in a group. It's not just you dressed up as something by yourself, but there's a group of people that are, that are with you. I think it, it makes, it really brings it together. Uh, for me, my favorite is, uh, while my wife and I were still dating, we dressed up as Harry and Megan, the Duke and Duchess of Wessex, the year they got married, uh, me being a redhead, her being, uh, dark haired, uh, we pulled it off pretty well. How fitting. Um, and, and it was, it was very fitting cause it was the year they got married. So, uh, that was that was a lot of fun. Uh, I do have a couple of honorable mentions I want to throw in there real quick. Uh, last year, 2021, we went as Ted and Alexis from Schitt's Creek. Oh, um, great. Yeah, my, my wife cut uh, the bottoms off a couple of old scrub pants for her, and uh, I donned some scrubs as well, and and it was, it was a lot of fun. Uh, and then a throwback to when Steven and I were much younger. Uh, we dressed up as Neo and Morpheus one year from The Matrix. Uh, and that was a lot of fun. So, yep. Back to MJ. So everyone knows I did not do blackface. I just want to make that very known on this podcast. I did not do blackface. <laughs> I had the glasses that Morpheus donned, but did not uh, did not did not cross any lines. Hey, we that's did we... both we did both dye our hairs black, and uh, I know when I took a shower that night, just black dye got everywhere. It was a mess. That's what you call tasteful Halloweening. Thank you. Yeah. Very great. So we're going to go ahead and move into our first little bit of recapping of some key games, uh, some highlight games for this week, past week. Um, first, we're going to start off with is the uh, Kansas City Chiefs versus the San Francisco 49ers. Man, oh man, Patrick Mahomes is just, I mean, <sighs> slinger. I don't. 423 yards, three tu three touchdowns, one INT. I mean, he looked nearly unstoppable. Um, Kansas City continued rotating their running backs. And, I mean, Juju Smith with another 100-yard game. MVS getting involved finally. Travis Kelsey, 98 yards. Um, and, of course, they were trying to incorporate CMC. I wasn't e expecting them to do it as much as they did. I mean, eight carries, uh, I think some uh, targets, receptions as well. But... Um, George Kill, of course, leading that charge for the receiving core, 98 yards, one touchdown. Brandon Ayuk, 82 yards. Jimmy G with 303 yards, Shout two out. touchdowns, one INT. What do we, what do we think about this uh, game all around you guys? Yeah, I think obviously Mahomes just continues to show us his magic. He makes mm -hmm. his whole team better. 
you know, as much as we all love Tyreek Hill, like he's proven that he can he can do it without Reek. Yeah. Um, and uh, I mean, I'm 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 not necessarily there yet, but I think Juju is approaching weekly starter territory. I think we need to see a little bit of consistency, but obviously, as much as Mahomes spreads the ball around, I, I'm not quite at that point yet. But I, like I said, I think I think we're approaching that. Um, obviously, Kelsey continues to be amazing. Kittle's stock is up. I think getting him more involved in the pass game and CMC uh, agreed that, you know, got, I think maybe as involved as, as expected. The The fact that he was learning the playbook on his, the plane ride to San Francisco is absolutely amazing. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I'm, I'm excited to see what he's going to do in that offense, but uh, yeah, great. Well, somewhat of a great game for, uh, for at least Kansas city. Um, but uh, both of these teams, I think, are going to be in the playoffs. Yeah, I thought uh, it was a pretty fun game to watch. Casey definitely ran away with it. Um, you know, good rematch of the Super Bowl from a few years ago. Uh, I've been the first to say that if you stop Kelsey, you stop the Chiefs. And I think the 49ers actually did a pretty good job of slowing Kelsey down this week, and the Chiefs still ran all over them. So uh, they might have mm-hmm. the Chiefs might have you know figured some things out, uh, found some more pass catchers there. Kelsey had his second worst game of the season and you know, we really got to say worst in quotations because he still put up 12.8 fantasy points and half point PPR. So um, yeah, I, I think the chiefs are going to be dangerous moving forward. Uh, definitely going to give the bills a run for their money in the AFC. Yeah. Great. Great game. You guys And if, um next game we're covering is a uh, green Bay Packers and the, the Washington commanders where geez, I, when it came to the end of the game, Packers just continuing to fall short, literally. I mean, with their receiving core. Although Aaron Jones did get two touchdowns for the day, nobody went over 55 yards for the receiving core for the Packers. Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon really weren't really utilized on the ground, too. Aaron Rodgers with a meager 194 two touchdown game, and Heineke slinging it for 200 yards. Two touchdowns, one INT. Robinson just slow and steady, and McLaurin popping off finally for a touchdown. I mean, what do you think of this uh, Green Bay team, Scott? Uh, it's it's sad. Um, they need to go out and get Rodgers a stud wide receiver. Uh, I know there's you know some wide receiver. Uh, rumors going on out around out there, or at least mm-hmm. potential trade talks. Um, I know Judy has been uh, discussed being on the block. Uh, Brandon Cooks. Um, I think if the Packers go out and get either one of those guys, it's an immediate upgrade at the wide receiver position for the Packers. Um, yeah, it's a shame because Rogers, back-to-back MVP, uh, he's had a pretty solid ceiling in fantasy this year, between 15 and 17 points, which is way lower than what we're used to seeing. Um, On the other side of the ball, uh, Washington came out and stunned some people, you know, with backup quarterback in and Heineke. Uh, I definitely think Heineke brings a boost to McLaurin's fantasy value in general. Um, For whatever reason, I I don't think Wentz, you know, truly favored his number one wide receiver, McLaurin, like I think, you know, he should have. Uh, but Heineke definitely seems to favor McLaurin, um, seems to be his safety valve. So at least why, while Wentz is out, I think McLaurin gets a boost uh, in fantasy. Going back to the Packers, I think we need to push the brakes on the excuses for Aaron Rodgers. Okay. Just uh, We just talked about Pat Mahomes sprinkling the magic with his somewhat lackluster receiving core. I, I, I mean, Juju's extremely mm. talented, but... Yeah, I mean, like, like we wouldn't call any of their guys studs. He's got Travis Kelsey, yes, but wide receivers, I mean, not, you know, beyond just, you know, not significantly better than uh, than the Packers receiving core. So I think we just have to recognize, like, yes, Rodgers is still extremely talented. He can still sling that ball just as good as anyone in the NFL, but he's got to figure out a way to bring his team on his back and and raise them up. And, and again, I, th- I think we have to stop and think a little bit like there's other people who are doing, doing things with, you know, the same or less. So, um, yeah, like I said, I agreed that it's been super disappointing, but I think we have to 
not give Rodgers as much grace as a lot of people have. Yeah, keep keep him accountable too. Right. Yeah, like you're saying. Um, great points all around. Of course, our next game goes to another Hall of Famer. Of course, maybe the greatest of all time, Tom Brady. Go. Yeah, and the Tampa Bay Bucks versus the Carolina Panthers. Actually, nothing, no upside really to the the Bucks <laughs> this week. Uh, I mean, they look. Uh, I'm honestly just terrible on both sides of the ball. Uh, Tom Brady was slinging it, but they could never really finish drives. Meanwhile, the now Christian McCaffreyless Carolina Panthers, new coach and like well interim coach. I mean. Pulling out this W, DJ Moore finally getting a touchdown, 69 yards. Uh, Tommy Tremble, uh, the tight end getting one, and Dante Foreman and Chuba Hubbard splitting carries for 118 and 63 yards and a touchdown, respectively. I, I mean, what was what what kind of performances? I mean, were these expected at all? Right, these were the most unexpected. Uh, it, it, well outcome for both of these teams what do you think uh, steven yeah it was, it was a weird game and, and not something that i think we can expect really from either team going forward the panthers have nothing to lose nothing to play for so yeah they just went in and, and put it all in the field and i think that's i mean that's really all that all that got them to the win um with that said i mean the bucks have been consistently disappointing i still think they're going to find a way to, to come around but um Brady, similar to Rodgers, is not getting it done. He's not raising his team up as he's done in the past. Um, as we talked about before the show, uh, Mike Evans had that huge drop that probably could have turned the momentum of the entire game. Um, mm. And so that that definitely was disappointing. But I'm I'm still I'm still hopeful overall in the Bucks. I yeah, I still think Evans. Godwin and Fournette are weekly starters. And for the Panthers, I think you got some flex options in Hubbard, Foreman, and more, but they're still definitely a wait and see team. And let's see if this wasn't just a crazy game out of nowhere. Yeah. Scott? Yeah, I think Steven uh, made some really good points there. I was going to bring up, uh, yeah, the, the Bucks were terrible, but there were some highlights, uh, specifically Godwin, Evans. Um, Godwin only got you eight fantasy points, but he still had 13 targets, uh, which is crazy. Since he's been back from injury, 10 targets, six targets, 12 targets, 13 targets. Uh, so he's a target machine in that offense. I definitely feel comfortable starting him every week. Uh, same with Mike Evans. Um, he's also, you know, a favorite end zone target of Brady. So, um, Steven hit the nail on the head. If you've got either of those receivers or Leonard Fournette, you've got, a startable fancy player every week. And I, I think it's a no brainer. Um, yeah. Tom Brady uh, and the coaches got to figure it out. Cause that was just an embarrassment. There's no way they should have lost that game. Panthers without CMC on a third, arguably fourth string quarterback. Um, just ugly all around for the Buccaneers and props to the Panthers for not throwing in the towel and tanking for draft picks as they probably should be. But Yeah. That was that was rough. Oh yeah, and of course, we're going to end with my beloved Chicago Bears. The Bears, the Bears versus the Bears. Yes, sir. The New England Patriots. My oh my! I want to end with the drama, so I'll start with the Bears, who looked pretty good. Justin Fields, although he did have four fumbles, <laughs> um, he he got it done. I mean, he got it done, 179 uh, through the air, one touchdown, one interception, but also 82 yards on 14 carries for a touchdown. Uh, David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert both getting 62 yards. Uh, Montgomery getting a touchdown through the ground while Herbert gets one through the air. New England, though. Man, oh, man. Oh, man, oh, man. I, I love hearing all this all this spicy, the spicy drama, right? Uh, Mac Jones getting the start, but getting replaced immediately after an INT. Bailey Zappi coming in, in get basically immediately getting a touchdown on this second play of the drive. Although he ended up with two INTs after. I mean, 
what do we think about this, Scott? Patriots, woof. What were you doing? Uh, first of all, awesome mm. rematch of the 1985 Super Bowl when the Bears won uh, for the first time. Uh, well done by the Bears. Great game all around. Justin Fields did look great, minus the four fumbles. Um, and, yeah, we got to see his rushing capability there on display uh, Monday Night Football primetime. So that's nice, um, especially moving forward You know, for fantasy. We want to see that from our quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. The Patriots – you know, Bill Belichick likes to play his games. Um, never been a huge fan of his just because he he's not a straight shooter when it comes to, like, the media and fantasy football, and, and I, I really don't like that about coaches, um, and he's probably the worst of them. Uh, didn't even make a decision on who was going to be the starting quarterback until Monday, which, come on, man, like, that decision should be made Friday. The guys should know who's going to be the starter going into it. And you can be like, oh, they both prepared to be the starter – but no, you need to you need to make that defined. You know, stop playing games with the other team because um, whether it's Mac Jones or Zappy, that's not going to make a huge difference as to how you game plan. They both have similar styles of play, so um, I feel like the Patriots kind of played themselves a little bit with that. Steven? I think this is another game similar to Bucks Panthers, where I don't expect this to be the normal outcome for either team. Mm-hmm. I think the Patriots are for sure the better team. And again, I think there was just some confusion as far as the quarterbacks go. And it's really hard to win in the NFL when you don't have a solid starter. I do think that both Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi, Zapp, I always forget. Um, Zappi is, uh, I think they're both viable starters on the, in the NFL, honestly. Um, with that said, they're going to have to figure out which one they want to go with and roll with them. If I were to predict, I would say they're going to start with Mac Jones next week. Again, based off of what Bill Belichick said in the press conference, they it was a coincidence that he was benched following the interception, or coincidence, or it was not because of performance. They were He said that they were planning to use two quarterbacks, so... I still think it's TBD on the quarterback battle, but I think the Patriots need to figure that out. And I think when they do, they'll get their stuff together. And I think that they have the potential to still sneak their way into the playoffs as they did last year. But uh, yeah, the Bears, I, you know, I'm sorry, MJ, but I just don't see them being able to compete like this on a week to week basis. Justin Fields is not going to be able to run all over most teams. But I respect uh, that. That's okay. <laughs> I, I like I said, I love seeing Fields do well and, and, uh, like I said, I just don't think that they're a complete team and, and don't seem this be the normal performance. Listen, a, a win from the Bears this year is just a is is a gift. It's a win for everyone. I appreciate I yeah, it's a win for everybody, and I appreciate every moment I get uh, a W from them. All right, we actually now we got a reminder from Scott. What you got? Yeah, so we have another London game coming up this weekend, guys. So mm-hmm. 8 30 central. 9.30 Eastern, we have the Broncos versus the Jaguars in London. So if you've got any Broncos players or any Jaguars players, make sure you wake up, check the news before the game, and set your lineup. Don't get caught with one of your players being out, You know whether it's an ETN or a Lawrence or who knows if Wilson's going to be back or not for the Broncos. Uh, set an alarm, get up, fix your lineup, then go back to bed if you need to. All right. With that reminder, we're going to move into a segment that we've done uh, once before. This is Scott's takes, or Scott takes, like hot takes. Uh, So I've got a couple here that I'm going to state for the guys, give a little reasoning as to why I feel this way, and uh, bounce it off them, see what they have in return. So my first Scott take is, I believe CMC's fantasy value takes a slight dip with the trade to San Francisco. Uh, Big reason for that is he was pretty much the offense in Carolina. Yes, you had DJ Moore, and they had some passing game, but he was primarily the passing game. And, of course, he was the rushing game. Um, I think there are a lot more mouths to feed in San Francisco with Debo, Ayuk, uh, Kittle, and I, I just don't see him getting that you know awesome ceiling of 20 to 25 points every week. And, yes, his seven points this week, low it was his first week of the team uh not even a f- 
full week, and he didn't get the playbook until he got on the plane heading over to San Francisco from Charlotte. That, but I, I would just tamper your expectations if you're a CMC owner, um, especially for the next two three weeks. But I, I would say for the rest of the season, uh, his fantasy takes a dip. Ouch. Sorry, guys, that was my hand being burned on Scott's scolding hot take. Um, I I just don't understand. This is a Kyle Shanahan offense. The 49ers are a significantly better team than the Panthers. Yeah, he was the focal point of the Panthers offense, but they're going to be able to spread the ball around in, in San Francisco, and he's going to be able to get open more, have room to run, not to mention Trent Williams is coming back this week, one of the best offensive linemen in the NFL. Um, if you look at running compared to the two teams, 49ers have had 189 rush attempts this year versus Panthers 151. Panthers are a team that is going to always play from behind. Yes, CMC plays a role in the pass game, but they're not going to be rushing the ball near as much as San Francisco, who has the opportunity to stay ahead and run people out of games. So, Again, we've we've seen people like Jeff Wilson Jr. be significant, like fantasy significant. And if Jeff Wilson can be a number two, number one running back in fantasy, CMC, his ceiling is still through the roof, in my opinion. And I don't think that there's any dip from Carolina. Yeah, I'm that is such a that is a scalding hot take. That's like it's freezing in the middle of winter and then you jump into the hot tub and it's, it's too hot but i love it i love it scott i will have to say i still believe in cmc i truly do and i agree with a ton of what, what steven said um i just think garoppolo does better when he just checks it down and he's been checking it down the debo now imagine a fake to debo and then a a complete screen to CMC. I mean, it's just, I don't know what Kyle Shanahan's going to do, but it, I'm interested to see it. I do love the take, though. Uh, I'm interested to see how he does. So, matter can't be created or destroyed, right? There's a limited number of plays and fantasy points out there for grabs in this offense. So, if CMC is going to maintain his high floor, high ceiling that he had in Carolina, who's going to take the hit? Is it going to be Debo? Is it going to be Ayuk? Is it going to be Kittle? Debo. Like, are all three of them? You think Debo's going to take the hit? I personally do. Steven? Yeah, I, I agree. And also, you're talking about matter not being able to create or destroy. There's a lot more matter in San Francisco than Carolina. So, yeah, there's still a higher ceiling there. Okay. Well, we will see. I Just caution CMC owners. Like, yeah, obviously, if you own him, you're starting him every single week. No doubt. But just caution your, your expectations. Uh, and we'll see what happens. All right, my second Scott take. Sam Ellinger just recently took over as the starting quarterback oh, for here the Indianapolis Colts over Matt Ryan. I believe that him taking over as the quarterback there is going to help both Pittman and JT's fantasy value. I think there's a reason that they benched Ryan. Ryan wasn't going to get done. Like If you watch some of their games, it was just ugly. Um, Matt Ryan looked like you know, a guy that was close to retirement while he was playing. Uh, I think Ellinger, younger gunslinger, is going to open up the offense a little more, and uh, it's it's ultimately going to do wonders for Pittman's and JT's fantasy values as they both have kind of been uh, painful players to play every week. Yeah, I mean, again, great take in the sense that it's so hot because there's just no reason for it at all. Sam Ellinger was the backup quarterback for a reason. He, if, if the Colts believed in him, he would have been the starting quarterback for the team. Matt Ryan was benched out of desperation. Literally, Jim Ursay was just fed up of seeing the team look like trash. So it's not like Ellinger was – Ellinger did not win the job. Let's be clear about that. Matt Ryan lost his job, and Ellinger's coming in out of desperation. That's it. So I don't think – there's any substance to us saying that Pittman or Taylor is going to have more value. I think it's a uh, maybe, yeah, maybe they could be better, but yeah, I mean, I, 
I have zero hope in the Colts right now, and, and I don't see any large fluctuation with the performance of those guys. I, I, I'll actually, I'll agree with the hot take. I think this is at least a spark of something, mainly because Ellinger, although he, if you didn't know, he was the highest rated uh, quarterback during the preseason, although, you know, preseason doesn't necessarily mean everything to the T, but I think he has flashed a little and he can escape the pocket and extend plays, which is what I think they need in order to let their wide receivers, their plays develop. Um, which I think in turn does open JT up, which I, I've been low key, a huge JT hater and will continue to be a JT hater this year. But, um, I think this is a, a little bump to the offense in a, in a positive way. As a JT owner, we need it. Come on, Sam, <laughs> help us out. All right. With that, we're going to move over to Steven for hype train. Heck yes. Choo choo. All right, guys, all aboard the hype train. I got three guys for you and want to hear your thoughts on whether you're boarding the hop train or whether you're getting the hell off of it. So first, let's start with a guy who had 16 rush attempts last week, more than three times the next running back on his team, guy who just came off of IR and started out of nowhere. Of course, I'm talking about Gus Edwards with the Baltimore Ravens. We know that J.K. Dobbins is on IR until who knows when. Edwards looked great. couple touchdowns. Again, love the team in rushing. Are you guys hopping on this train? Uh, yes. I, I, think, I think Gus Edwards has had the exact amount of time that he should have had. I think Dobbins, if he would have rested – six or seven additional weeks would be would be better off too but i think edwards was given the time i think this is his his chance really just to display how good he is i would second that whether it's a train or the gus bus i'm hopping on and uh <laughs> i i believe he is going to be uh the running back there for a while uh maybe even after jakey dobbins is healthy they, they probably just want to you know, nurse J.K. Dobbins back to full health and not rushing back early. So um, I think he gives them uh, a better look than Drake. And hopefully it starts opening things up more for Lamar in the running and passing game. Choo, choo, choo. That's a oh, third yeah. choo for me, guys. I'm, uh, I'm with you on the hype train. We're getting on together. And let's uh, let's sell this ride to, uh, to the sunset. I think Edwards is, is going to be great down the stretch we're all very smart so <laughs> <laughs> follow us all right the next guy is the number nine fantasy qb in yahoo right now and he is fourth in quarterback rush attempts he's on the six and one new york football giants who am i talking about that is sir daniel jones guys this guy, he had some flashes. I think his rookie year, what was it, Danny Dimes? He got the nickname. He, we thought he was done with his career. Uh, he's, you know, I don't, I'm not saying he's got a resurrection over here. We know Saquon's bringing the team on his back a lot of the time. But uh, what do you guys think from a fantasy perspective? Are you on this Daniel Jones hype trainer now? I'll go first on this one. Uh, I will take my money and go hop on another train somewhere else. Um, I mean, obviously, Biasley is a Cowboys fan. I don't like the Giants. Um, I think Barkley is running that offense, and Jones is the benefactor from Barkley being so great. Um, I, I don't see it being sustained, so no, I'm, I'm not hopping on the Daniel Jones train. I will absolutely have to hop on the train because, because I think – I I really do think Daniel Jones. It, it's this whole situation is comparable to the Colts. They have their weapons. Um, it, it's just a a guy who can keep the plays going uh, and make the throw. I mean, as easy as that sounds. I think I think the team is capable of that, and 
he, I mean, uh, Wandale Robinson too, especially coming back. I mean, leading the team in in receptions and targets. And I think he was an integral piece of what they want to do, which is play it short, keep it easy for Daniel Jones and build his confidence. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, Saquon's looking great too. The, the Giants are having momentum. I'm, I'm on the train. Choo. Mr. Jones. Choo choo, baby. Choo well, choo. No, sorry, MJ. That's just one choo. Oh, I am not what? getting on the hype train with you on this one. I look, this is, this is a, uh, Similar to a couple of weeks ago, which I, at, at this point I'm wrong about with Geno Smith. I'm just I'm not I'm not out completely. I'm, I'm staying at the train station. Let's put it that way. But I am not at this mm-hmm. point jumping on the the hype train. I, I think he's just burned us too many times in the past. I think we have to. Uh, for me, I have to wait and see. Give me a few more weeks of production. But you're right that you got Wandell Robinson. His receiving core continues to be banged up. So I mean, what? True. If he's got Kadarius Tony back with Wondell Robinson, with Darius Slayton continuing to get the long ball TDs, I uh, yeah, all, all that to say the potential is there. I'm just I'm not ready at this point to to jump on the hype train. So, and I'll throw in there real quick at the end. Uh, if you have Daniel Jones uh, in a ten or twelve team league, the chances of you actually starting him are very unlikely. Um, and I wouldn't feel comfortable starting him. He's had two weeks where he's gotten above 20 points. Uh, he has had a solid floor of 12. So, I mean, that's better than some other quarterbacks. But I'm, I'm not starting Daniel Jones in a 10 or 12 team league right now. Yeah. Like I said, I think it's a wait and see for me. But uh, right now we're waving at MJ with the train leaving the station. Maybe we'll, we'll, we'll be wrong. Let's see. Um, last but not <laughs> least, guys, we have a rookie. Looks like a beast, averaging a little under 11 points a game, a little, little under 11 fantasy points over the last four games specifically, um, which is nothing crazy but a solid floor. We specifically saw him on Sunday night get six receptions against the Dolphins, which was only second on his team behind fellow receiver tight end pat firemuth and of course i'm talking about george pickens out of the university of georgia mj i know you were absolutely huge on this guy coming into the season oh yeah baby are you put it this way i i feel like you've you've actually been on this train before the train was built are you staying on this hype train Listen, I am I am on this train. I've been whining and dining. You might be conducting I, it. I'm in, yes, I'm conducting at the same time. I'm extending my arms out to both of you <laughs> right now. This is this is your chance. This is I like this kid is I mean lightning in a bottle, demanding targets, you know, which people I feel like most rookies are unless they're have the word, you know, the <laughs> metal to prove it aren't going to be demanding targets like he he was earlier in the season. Um, but I'm going I'm to let Scott say his piece because you, you've already heard what I have to say about Mr. Pickens. Yeah, if this train started in uh, Athens, I didn't quite hop on at that time, but I definitely got on the train before I got to Pittsburgh. And I'm riding it, and I'm, in, uh, I'm enjoying that food that MJ's dining on as well. Let's let's roll with George Pickens, man, uh, this year and, and fantasy moving forward. Choo-choo. You guys heard that right. Sadly, only two choos. I what? am not going <laughs> on the hype train with you. Look, all right, all right. If, we, if we're talking dynasty, if we're talking going in the future, I'm all on board. But you guys have seen the Steelers this season. You got a rookie QB. It's just a lackluster offense. Not yeah, but they keep slinging it to him. I, it, but I, I think that Deontay Johnson is still the alpha in that in that room receiving core, and I think he's gonna. I think he's still getting the majority of targets, and I think yes, Pickens is gonna have some boom bust games, but I think it's gonna be more so of a maybe a Mike Williams type player um, who you can you know add to your flex. But as, as far as you know, getting on there for a weekly starter, I'm not there yet. So again. At the station, but I, I can't jump on with you guys. If you had to flex, 
either George Pickens or Najee Harris right now. Those are your only two choices. Najee Harris. Flex. It's not a question for M- me. MJ, who would you pick? Yeah, listen, Najee's been trash. Trash. Najee's been trash. Agreed. Pickens. Pickens is a – like – Pickens is a a flash. He's he's like I said earlier earlier. He's got the intangibles. He's that guy who's gonna make it happen. Listen, gonna make as, it happen. As the Naji Dynasty owner, the guy that spent what was it one point ten on Naji because he was the best running back available and all the good quarterbacks were gone already. One hundred percent agree with MJ here. At least for this year, I would be putting Pickens in my flex. Uh, that offensive line is not getting it done. Najee is a great running back. Doing him dirty. A lot of good trains, guys, and I can't wait to see where these trains lead and if we were right or wrong t- to jump on them. So with that, going to turn it over to MJ for On the Clock. Oh, On the Clock. Great. Um, I'm actually going to take this... We'll start with Steven. Um, And both questions actually today are about uh, teams and how they're going to, where you guys will project them to finish. Okay. So today I'm going to start with Steven. Uh, Let me change my clock face. Steven, yours, um, I think, I think will only be 30 seconds. Okay. Easy. Yeah. Easy peasy, baby. Easy peasy. So, with a win over the Jaguars, where they had yet another last-second play, how far do you think this Giants team is actually going to go uh, in a division with the 6-0 and Eagles, the 5-2 and Cowboys, and what I feel like is a resurgent NFC division? Yeah, it's hard to bend against these guys right now, but I can't get on board with the Giants finishing more than third in their division. I think the Eagles are going to win it. I think the Cowboys are getting healthy with Dak and still figuring out their identity, but I think it's only going to go up from here, and they're already doing good. So um, Mm -hmm. I I think they're going to sneak into the playoffs I think the NFC East is going to have three wild card teams, but I do think that they're going to be likely the seventh seed. Okay, awesome, great points, love it. I... Three, three total teams, two wild card teams from the NFC East is what you meant to say, because you don't think Washington's getting in as a wild card, correct? I said three NFC East teams. They're not. You said three wild card teams for the NFC East, so all four teams making it. That's we not, knew what you meant, but that's not what you said. Not. We'll we'll go into the review booth. Um, great points, though, Stephen. I uh, love it. I love it. Scott, you ready? I'm ready. Okay. So, Scott, how much of a boost does DeAndre Hopkins provide to the Cardinals? And how well do you think they finish with his addition to the team? I'm giving you 45 seconds for this. Oh, man. I think this is definitely a tougher question than what Steven had. Uh, appreciate the extra time. So DeAndre Hopkins provides a huge boost to the Cardinals, um, and I see bright things in their future. I don't see them winning their division. Um, I think that's either going to be the Rams or the Niners, but it's going to be close between those three. I, I honestly see the Seahawks tapering off uh, the team that's in first right now. Um I think the Cardinals are going to fall just short of making the playoffs. I don't think they're going to make it this year. Uh, I got them finishing third okay. in the West behind the Rams and the Niners and missing the playoffs, barely. Okay, great take. Um, awesome job, you guys. Um, what another great, well thought out, quickly, well quickly thought out on the clock. I always appreciate you guys' answers. Uh, we'll go ahead and let Scott take over for MFK. All right, boys. I got a fun MFK this week. I so <laughs> I, I gave you guys a little hint earlier. These are three players that are in the top 10 of fantasy. So regardless of position, they're the top. They're in the top 10 uh, across the board. 
and uh, their last names are all places that you could live or are a habitat. Uh, so we got Joe Burrow, Stefan Diggs, or Patrick Mahomes. Honestly, it's just horrible. Um, <laughs> I am going to marry Josh Allen. Wait, that Josh was Allen is definitely not a place you can live. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> I, separately, I'm going to marry Josh Allen. Just so I would do it too. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going to, of course, marry Patrick Mahomes. I'm going to fill trades for Stefan Diggs and kill Joe Burrow. Um, I mean, Mahomes, possibly future goat. We'll we'll put a taper on that. Um, he's given you a consistent, solid floor with really high ceiling. He's great. He's magical. I'm gonna go down the altar with him. Stefan Diggs, what a guy. He's uh, getting balls from the other guy that I'm marrying, Josh Allen. I think he's going to continue to do great, and anyone would be lucky to fill trades for that guy and take him on their team. And Joe Burrow, he's doing doing solid. But, uh, yeah, compared to these other guys, especially in redraft, it's not even close. Yeah, I'm going to have to uh, – I'm going to have to marry Mahomes. I, I, he's just been showing out, and this game was, this was the game where he, like, I think Steven mentioned, he can do it without Tyreek. And I, this is, honestly, I've been disrespecting Mahomes for a long time. I have nothing but respect for him now, because he's proven it wrong to me, so I'll have to marry him. I'll have to field trades for Diggs. I think he's part of a... I mean, exceptional pass offense led by your other, your other Mary, Steve-O, uh, Josh Allen. I mean, the focal point of that offense, he's going to get fielded. And I'm going to kill Burrow just because uh, how consistent is this team, this offensive line going to be? I mean, they've looked terrible. They look, they've looked great. Uh, that's where I stand. Yeah, I think we've got a, uh, a rare consensus here. I agree with both you guys. I'm going to marry Mahomes, uh, fill trades with Diggs, and oh. kill Burrow in, in just a normal redraft league. Um, yeah, for all the points you guys made, Mahomes has looked amazing even without Hill. Um, Diggs, top three wide receiver this year, easy. Uh, that should continue. He's got the best quarterback tossing the ball to him. And... Burrow has been lights out. It's just the other two guys are better, in my opinion. Steve, what you got? All right, guys. It's one of my favorite times of the year, and that, of course, is Halloween season. So I got a little Halloween <laughs> edition of MFK for you. And even better, we got a team that dons black and orange that's playing on you guessed it, Halloween next week, next Monday night. So, of course, I'm talking about the Cincinnati Bengals with that black and orange. And the guys with the context of Dynasty specifically are Joe Burrow, T. Higgins, and Joe Mixon. MJ, what you got? Ah, uh, shoot. Is this wow. Superflex Dynasty? Yes. Oh, okay. Superflex. Okay, so the settings are Superflex. I will absolutely have to marry Burrow. Um, although his line has been hit or miss this season, like mm -hmm. I just previously mentioned, I think with a chance and every opportunity to throw, he'll he'll go that 500 bomb. You know, easy. Easy. And, it, and the rest of the offense gets to feed too. Um, I'll have to field trades for... Mm, <sighs> I'll have to feel trades for Mixon because I feel like everybody is I just feel like running back is such a rare position currently in the current setting of the game. And I feel like he'll actually get me better trade value than Higgins will. Um, although I have Higgins on my team personally. Um, and I love Higgins, I'll have to kill him. Yeah, I'm gonna disagree a little bit there. Uh okay. obviously with a super flex, 
marrying Burrow. I feel like that's a no-brainer. Um, easy first-rounder if you're drafting for a dynasty. Uh, I'm going to fill trades for Higgins just simply because he's younger and he's a wide receiver, so he's got a lot more time in front of him, a lot longer of a career. Mixon is 26 years old, uh, which is the scary age of running backs, if you will. That's that's the peak age, and after that point, uh, typically they start to taper off. And for Dynasty, you know, I want some somebody that's going to be, you know, peak a little bit longer. So uh, for that reason, Fielding Higgins and killing Mixon. Steve? I'm going to agree with MJ on this one. Mary Burrow. Heck yeah. Four trades for Mickett, Mick, well, Mixon and Mick it, baby. <laughs> Um Yeah, obviously Burrow being the QB, being a young QB, he's going to have a solid floor going forward. And I think he's going to – definitely be someone that you want to have on your team for years to come. Uh, I agreed completely with MJ that running debt running back is so shallow and, and the, the well runs out quickly. And of course, oh, for yeah. someone speaking, who wants to win now, I'd much rather have Joe Mixon on, on my team this year and for the next few years, at least to, uh, to bring me that ship and Higgins. He's great. He's young, but I just don't think he's going to bring my team to the ship. So for that reason, unfortunately, I have to kill him. MJ, what do you got? So I'm going to do something actually spicy. Okay. Not, not in my own abstract way, but Uh-oh. yes. So this is imagining as if we are drafting right now with the current season stats with your fantasy RB1, Saquon Barkley. Austin Eckler, the P- now PPR checkdown king. And, of course... Oh, no, what was my third option? <laughs> I'm going to cut this right here, but... Oh, and the RB3, Nicholas Chubb. Ooh, this is hard. I was almost going to go rapid fire at you. Yeah, I uh, I think I got it if you're not ready. Oh, my gosh. Of course but, you got it, Scott. Uh, this, yeah, this is easy peasy for me. Uh, Mary Barkley, Trey Eckler, Kill Chubb. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know my, my beef against Chubb, but, I mean, beyond that reason, I just think the other two are better. Um, Barkley has been the man this year. If you drafted him, you probably got him late second, early third, uh, depending on league and format. Uh, a lot cheaper than Eckler. Probably went in the first round. Was probably the third running back off the board. Um, Eckler, yeah, he's come on the past couple weeks now. Like you mentioned, the checkdown king. Uh, great for, for any kind of PPR format for sure. Um, Chubb, probably best you know physical runner in the league, but... I don't think he offers as much as the PPR upside as the other two. And uh, that's that's my reasoning. Steve? Of course, we know Scott cannot be object- objective, which is why he is destroying Chubb. Although, in this rare scenario, I'm going to agree that I'm going to kill Chubb of the three. But I'm going to marry Eckler again if we're, if we're talking half point or full PPR. He's got the ceiling of being a receiver on that chargers offense and we saw how many times he got the ball dumped off last game and yeah obviously he's number one in fantasy right now and i uh yeah i think i I think he just has a a higher floor and an equally high ceiling as barkley and for that reason gonna marry eckler fill trades for saquon and kill chubb awesome i will have to I have to agree with Stephen. I think I personally have a team. I, I I will actually still end up killing Chubb. Don't worry, Scott. But Eckler, who I was just actually really sad about beginning of the year because he put up like I think three straight, nearly straight duds, um, and now he's popped off for thirty points. I think in twenty to thirty points in three straight weeks, uh, man. I, the Chargers offense just hasn't looked as good w- without Keenan Allen. 
and which is resulting in Eckler just eating up the receptions. I hope that continues. I really do hope it continues because that's uh, that's really what's feeding his just extreme point output. Uh, Barkley just having this RB one year looking great, and I'm so happy for the kid. I mean, so great to see him going out there. I'll go ahead and field those trades with all the momentum he's getting. And I mean, even though Chubb's having his, his, I think his, his best year he'll have in the NFL. So uh, I'd like to do a little point of order here. So Barkley, his two best weeks so far in fantasy weeks, one and three uh, against Tennessee and the Cowboys putting up 30 and 20 points respectively. Uh, Tennessee being the 25th best uh, rushing defense. Sorry. Sixth best rushing defense, and the Cowboys being the first best rushing defense. If we take a look at Eckler, on the other hand, though, his three best weeks where he put up 30-plus points uh, against Houston, who are the worst, uh, Cleveland, who's the fourth worst, and the Seahawks, who are the fifth worst. So those three weeks where he put up 30-plus points were all against defenses uh, bottom five in the league against the run. Just picking out stats out of the hat over there. How did you do against the? How did you do against the Cowboys? Uh, Eckler has not played the Cowboys. Barkley oh, Eckler! Got, sorry, my bad. Yeah, Barkley got twenty against the Cowboys. Hmm. Yeah, he, Eckler has uh, has had that, of course, that crazy record rushing career day for him, and it was against me, <laughs> of course. Um, Yep, that was a good one. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, with that, I will take it. And it's time for some jukebox, guys. All right. Okay. Juke. Jukebox. And again, guys, it's Halloween season. So you know I got to do Halloween season. An exception. And these are not current top hits or hot hits. These are some Halloween bops, classics, if you will. And we will start with MJ, and I'm going to give you the old Monster Mash. Monster uh, Mash. Everyone knows that one. It was a midnight smash. You know it. So obviously, this is a jiggy everyone loves. Okay. Well, what's the Monster Mash equivalent in the NFL? The gritty, of course. And who are our gritty guys that we just know and love? Jefferson and Chase, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase. So we're talking both redraft and dynasty. Who's the guy that you want? Such a tough question, Stephen. Thank you. For both redraft and dynasty? Yes, sir. It can be different answers. Currently, redraft, 100% I'm taking Chase. I think he has... Look, Jefferson already flashed. He showed week one what he can do. I just, I don't know. I'm still so iffy about him being matchup proof. And Jamar Chase isn't match, like necessarily matchup proof either, but he makes plays from all parts of the field. Not only down the field, but you know, on, on these short passes making them all this yak. Um, in terms of dynasty, Jefferson. Oh. So there is a change, okay? Absolutely, because I do think as this, as these players continue to shift to a new system, get used to it, especially when he's a position where he's, what, still 23 and has a chance to become the next Cooper Cup at only 23, 24, 25. Well, Cooper Cup started, what, like when, I mean, last year, <laughs> but and he was 30, and he was 30, right, 29? 2930 he's yeah. he's an old guy yeah. but he's still performing so that's a great question two great right. wide receivers two wonderful great wide receivers so two monster mashing gritty mm. dancing wide receivers no i love, oh, it. I love you, it you can't forget my boy gusecki right he's the other you know i almost threw the, him but i i didn't want i didn't want any disrespect thrown his way yeah so true. out of the equation all right scott Next one we got for you is I put a spell on you. Ooh. Of course, we know this is a fun little Halloween bop. 
it was in Hocus Pocus, which we all loved as children. But uh, Scott, the question is, who's a player that you were all in on a lot due to the media putting a spell on you in the preseason and you now regret that that spell was cast on you? Hmm. Oh, man. So for me, this has got to be scary Terry McLaurin. I think he was a pretty consensus fourth round pick. uh, And he was who I was targeting for my wide receiver too in pretty much every league. Uh, I thought with Carson Wentz coming into town, it would boost his potential in fantasy. If anything, it kind of did the opposite. Um, You know, now with Heineke there, I think it helps him a lot, but uh, definitely not happy about having McLaurin in the places that I do have him. I like it. I like it. Great choice. Another wonderful round of jukebox. And let's go ahead and wrap it up for the night, guys, with some fantasy flash. Oh, baby. All right. Fantasy flash. Week seven recap. So for Thursday night football, the bet was Hopkins or Alavi. More targets. And let me tell you, this was back and forth all night. At the end of the half, they each had five. At the end of the game, they each had 14. So we had our first tie in Fantasy Flash with Alavi and Hopkins both getting 14 targets. Uh, on Sunday, Henry ended up having more fantasy points than JT, and the Patriots only had one turnover in Monday Night Football. Therefore, our standings, MJ still sits king at top, 11-6-1. Let's go, baby. Steven at second, 9-8-1. I uh, am bringing up the rear there at third, 7, 10, and 1. And our guests are no longer undefeated uh, at 4, 1, and 1. Uh, Dave tying us there with the uh, a lobby pick and then missing the over-under with the Patriots. Womp womp. Womp womp. It wouldn't last forever. It's okay, Dave. All right. Week 8, Thursday night football. We have the Ravens versus Buccaneers. More rushing yards. Lamar Jackson or Leonard Fournette? Lamar Jackson. I said Leonard Fournette. I'm sticking with Leonard Fournette. Lamar Jackson. All right. As you guys make your picks, I'm going to give you a couple of stats real quick on this one. I don't care. Since, since week three, a.k.a. the past five weeks, the lead rusher on opposing teams – against the Ravens, has had 70-plus rushing yards. In weeks one and two, Holland Carter and Edmonds and Mostert both combined for over 70. So at the time, they were still kind of running backs by committees before they you know, went with Hall, went with Mostert. Lamar has only rushed for over 70 three times out of seven games so far. So I'm feeling good about this one. I'm feeling good about this one. All right, for Sunday, we've got a matchup that you know preseason – Probably didn't look too daunting on the schedule, but now it's it looks pretty awesome. Giants versus Seahawks. So more fantasy points, total fantasy points. Saquon Barkley or Kenneth Walker the third. And I picked Barkley for this one. Dang. Um I'm going to have to go for the rookie, KW three. KW three season baby. Uh yeah. I will take Barkley here. All right. Yes. Barkley. All right. I've got another fun stat after you guys make your picks on this one. Monday Night Football, as Steven said, the Halloween game. We got the Bengals versus the Browns. Rushing touchdown for Joe Burrow. Yes or no? And I said no. Nah. Bengals versus Browns. 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 See, I want to say no too, but uh, I'm gonna say I know. I'll, I'll say yes because I'm spicy. Spicy. Right, so here's here's spicy. the fun fun stat I got for you guys. Joe Burrow's had a rushing touchdown the last three weeks. So either it's a trend and it's gonna continue, or it, his time is done. It's not gonna happen. <laughs> we'll see. But that's why I went with that one because it's three weeks in a row. Can he make it four? Who knows? No wonder he's been 
getting 50, 40 points every <laughs> week so far. Crazy. Um, great, 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 great week, you guys. And I, I just want to say thank you to everyone listening to us again. Um, I think personally, I'm going to start advertising the podcast a little bit more coming out of my own personal shell. And um, I've been talking a lot to my coworkers and everything because it's something I'm proud of. And I know, um, I don't know. I just want to thank both Stephen and Scott because they give their time too and uh, take their time and do their research, do their work and uh, contribute to the podcast, uh, you know, all their knowledge. Uh, Stephen, you want to say something? Thank people. Thanks guys for listening to us. We really appreciate it and hope you will continue to listen. And if you want to shout out, if you want us to talk about a specific subject, whether it's fantasy related or not, let us know. We'll, we'll throw in a little magic. Who knows? But, uh, but thank you guys and look forward to the road to come. I'd like to throw it back at MJ, man. Thank you for really organizing this thing, getting it together and, uh, you know, having, having Steven and I on here as your co-hosts, um, and, and all our listeners out there, man, we, we appreciate you guys listening. Um, yeah, give us a holler. If you want to hear something, tell us we're crazy or wrong. We, we want to hear it, whatever feedback you got. Um, we appreciate it. And yeah, once again, thank you everybody for tuning into another amazing, awesome week of what's your fantasy fantasy football podcast i'm one of your co-hosts mj with steven and scott and we'll see you next week sweet sweet fantasy baby